Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Happy Easter. Man, I love this time of year, don't you? I got to tell you, it's just an awesome time of the year because things are getting green. I mean, I grilled out this week, people. Come on. Don't you just love it because it's getting warm? Oh, man, you obviously are a lot of people don't live in South Dakota, and you must be visiting right now. Oh, my goodness. Happy Easter. I love this. Everything begins to change, and there's a transformation that begins to happen just in the seasons of life, and how much greater could happen in the season of your life if you understood Easter and what it's all about? If you're a guest, again, we want to say welcome. I'm glad you're here, but I have to tell you, man, I'm not a fan of church. I'm a fan of Christ, and when I got Christ... Now I understand church. I'm not a fan of religion. I'm a fan of a relationship. And because of that relationship, it just kind of changes everything, doesn't it? You know, I I love to tell a story. If you're a guest, you need to know I have some favorites. This is not one of my top ten, but it's definitely up there. And it's another hunting story, and it's about a guy that went out bear hunting. And he was not just any bear hunting. He's hunting grizzlies. And so this is kind of a sickening moment. And uh, I I love to hunt. That's just not one of the hunts I want to do. Because I've just had too many people tell me stories. I don't know if they're true. I just don't want to find out. (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to hunt grizzlies, I'm just going to go to the local zoo if they need one put down. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just telling you. It's just not one of those things that I really want to do. But he's out there, and he finds a grizzly. And he pulls up the, the rifle, and he's got him in the scope, and the crosshairs are on him. And he's about ready to pull the trigger, And if you know hunting stories, there's a moment in time you really don't want the animal to spot you. And all of a sudden, the grizzly caught movement and turned and looks at this guy, crosshairs on him, and no kidding, the grizzly looks and goes, really? (laughs) It's like a moment you just don't expect. And the hunter's just like totally blown away. And he literally pulls the rifle down and thinking, man, is this bear talking to me? And the grizzly goes, really? Like, you're just going to pull the trigger and kill me? Like, we can't talk about this? And the hunter's like, man, you're a talking bear. And he goes, listen, what is it that you really want? And the hunter goes, "Uh, a bear coat? He goes, good, see? We're talking, we're communicating. All I want is a good meal. That's it. So what do you say we talk about, negotiate this thing? And the hunter, he's like, okay, puts the rifle down. They sit down on a log, and it doesn't take long. The negotiation is done. (laughs) And the bear gets up. He got his good meal. And the man got his bear coat. (laughs) 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 What's funny for me is that some of you later today are going to go, I didn't get it. Which is funny to me because it might be the problem with Easter, and I'm not kidding what I just said. See, I think this story represents the issue with Easter in this country. I had a 
college professor. I know that shocks you. I did go to college. And, and I had a college professor when I was at Black Hill State University, and I was working on my psychology counseling degree. And he said something that changed my life. It was a simple phrase. All he said was this, there's no such thing as wrong perception. And of course, if you know how I think, I had to quickly respond. I said, you've got to be kidding me. There's people that see things that are just not right. I mean, it's wrong. And he goes, I get that. But there's no such thing as wrong perception because they see it that way right now. It's right to them. And if you want to be effective in the world of walking with people, you can't belittle what they see. You've got to help them see what they see and why they see it. Because if you change the perception, you change their life. Now think about that. Isn't that what the Bible says? As a man thinketh, so he is. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eyes aren't good, the whole body is wrong. And you say, how is this, this story and what you're saying have to do with Easter? I contend the reason we negotiate with God in our relationship is because we have a wrong perception of who he is. And so somehow we think we can get a negotiation because I've heard people say this. Well, I tried that God thing. You didn't try that God thing because if you tried the God thing, you wouldn't be disappointed because that's the God he is. But you came in with a wrong perception and you thought you could negotiate and you're wondering why you get eaten alive. We don't understand God. We don't get really who he is. And what I want to simply do with you is I want to give you four perceptions that I think people have of God and three of them are wrong. But sadly, I think the reason why in this country so many people struggle and church becomes something of more like an option of which they can pick and choose is because they don't really get Easter. They don't understand this God. Why they get disappointed, why they get frustrated. So I want to help you with that. Here's one of the first pictures and perceptions you need to understand. It's a ladder. Some, by the way, I love a good ladder story. <laughs> I just do. I, I, I read about what I thought was crazy. It was in a candy store, and three guys come walking in, and one looks at the guy who owns the store and looks up at the top shelf, and he says, you know, I'd like to have 10 cents of those M&Ms. So the owner goes back behind a curtain, comes back out with a ladder, sets it up, goes up the ladder all the way up, pulls the jar down, comes back down the ladder, sets it out, counts out 10 cents worth of M&Ms because that's what the guy wanted. He then puts the lid on the jar, goes back up the ladder, sets it on the shelf, comes back down, takes the ladder, puts it away in the back room, comes back out and negotiates the deal. It's done. The next guy steps up and goes, I'd like 10 cents worth of those M&Ms as well. And the owner's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So he goes back, gets out the ladder. He comes out, sets it against the, the shelf, goes all the way up the ladder, grabs the jar, comes back down, counts out 10 cents worth of M&Ms. He then puts the lid on, goes back up. He puts the jar away, takes one step down and goes, ooh, turns around, looks at the, guy, the third guy and says, you want 10 cents of these two? And the guy goes, nope. He goes, oh, good. Comes back down, puts the ladder, folds it up, takes it back and puts it away, comes out and finishes the deal. Third guy steps forward and says, I, I'd just like five cents worth of those M&Ms, if that's okay. <laughs> you ever met someone like that? That's all I wanted was five. Anyway, 
So I love a good ladder story. Do you know what's crazy is, is most people don't know this, that in this country, a half a million people have to go to the ER because of a ladder-related accident. And 300 of them every year die. And we all know what a ladder is for. There's something out of reach we can't get to, so we start the climb. And I think that's the perception people have of God. I can't relate. I don't get it. He's so far away, and so they start trying to do things to impress God, I think, or thinking that's what they're supposed to do. Step after step, rung after rung, trying to memorize scripture, try to give a little. Somehow, boy, God must really think this is cool. And I can tell you why this perception is wrong and why it's so common. Because you need to know something about the problem with the ladder. The higher you climb, the less you keep looking up and the more you start looking down at everybody else. I've heard it many times. Do you know who that person is? I'm like, yeah, someone that God loves and died for. But did you know what that person did? I don't know. Probably same things that you've probably done, and you might think that's worse, but the bottom line is, is that your sin separates you from God. It was only the gift of Jesus. And I remind you, while you think you've got to go up to reach God, my Bible says that God came down to us. There's no climb. God's not impressed with anything that we do because if it has any value, it's the one that did it. It was he through us. But the problem in the church today is I think people get on this climb. That's why they're always looking down thinking they're a little better than someone else. And you might be, according to your perception, what you fail to understand is you'll never ever bridge the gap that's between by the way, if you could, you'd never be on the ladder in the first place. You'd think you're God. Wrong perception. There's another one I think people have, and it's a trash can. You know what goes in a trash can? All the crap, all the smelly stuff, all the stuff we don't want, we want to get rid of. And we don't keep it in the house for a very long period of time. We keep the garbage can out in the garage or even outside as well. It's interesting about landfills. I've never heard anybody say that's where we're going to go for vacation. <laughs> we try to keep them as far as way we can because they stink. You say, where am I getting at? I think there's some people in this room that think there's no way God could forgive me. You have no idea how many bad choices I've made. Sounds kind of good and all, doesn't it? You might even say this, there's no way a good, good God, but the only problem is, is that you don't really believe he's a good God. You actually think he's more like Sesame Street, Oscar the Grouch. Anything dingy, dirty or dusty, anything ragged or rotten or rusty, I love it because it's... But Oscar never says that with a smile on his face. If you've ever noticed or seen or remember as a child, Oscar's always angry. Would it make sense? Because wouldn't that go with the trash? But I think in our perception, we want to say he's a good God, but there's no way he can forgive me. But you don't think he can forgive you because you think he's mad at you. 
You think he's like Bruce Almighty. Yes, he is the Almighty Smiter. You think he's the cosmic killjoy and he's so disappointed and he's so mad at you. Do you know what the Bible says in Psalm 113? The love of God pulls the needy out of their garbage piles. The Bible says it was the joy set before him he went to the cross. One man's trash is one man's treasure. He loves you. But we got this bad perception. There's another one. This one really concerns me. <laughs> Anybody remember the 90s sitcom Home Improvement? <laughs> Tim the two-man tailor. And he had a friend in the backyard. Don't forget that. His name was what? Wilson. Oh, we love Wilson, don't we? This highly intelligent individual that always seemed to over the fence, keep that in mind, in the backyard, had great wisdom for Tim, only if Tim came out into the backyard to seem to want to know something. See, I fear that that's how some people perceive God. We love him, we just want to keep him in the backyard, and when we need him, we'll go to him. But I'm also fearful that we learn something in a sitcom that actually we began to believe, but it's really not true. We somehow think that Wilson is a really good friend of Tim's, but did you ever notice he was never, ever really inside their house? Did you ever really notice he was never really a part of the family? If those happened, it was a very rare occasion. But it was never day-to-day, week-to-week. Probably because there's a fence, there's a barrier, and there's some people who think, well, I really don't understand God. And we feel like God only gives us a glimpse and, and, and he's just over the fence, but there's always this barrier and we can never get to him. It's a wrong perception. I want to give you a right one. he's not a ladder don't have to climb up he's not a trash can where he's angry and upset because of the sin we've committed he's not over a fence God has a theme song do you know what it is ain't no ladder tall enough Ain't no life low enough. Ain't no fence wide enough to keep me from getting to you. Amen. <laughs> 1963, there was a game show. It starred the host, Monty Hall. 5,700 episodes aired. In 23 different countries, it was called Let's Make a Deal. I remember watching that as a child, and 
it would begin, and I would never see it for many years because I was born in 1965. But I remember watching it. It was crazy. People would come into an auditorium like this, and they'd dress up in like the weirdest stuff, and it's like Easter. Anyway, and they would come, and I'm just having fun. But they would dress up, and then some would get chosen, and they'd come to the stage, and sometimes they would win something, and then he would offer a deal, or they would come with their purse, or their wallets, or their pockets, and Monty would simply say, what's in your front pockets? And they would pull out, and he goes, I'll tell you what. You give me what's in your pocket, and I'll give you what's behind the door. Let's make a deal. Some people would look and go, nah. And they'd walk away, and that was it. Some people would take a risk, and they'd hand it over. You could see a little bit of fear and a little anxiety, what's behind the door, and Sometimes the music would be wah, wah, wah. Bad deal. Sometimes there might be a new car. But see, that's what we don't understand about God. What if I told you that everything you ever wanted is behind the door? What if I told you the marriage you dreamed of is behind the door? What if I told you you didn't have to compromise your values and things in life to try to fit in with a friend for only a moment? But everything you really want in life is behind the door. You know, the Bible says, he stands at the door and knocks. And if you'll open the door, I had one pastor tell me that when you open it, you only have to just turn the handle because his love is so great, he's actually leaning against it. He'll fall into your life. He loves you that much. But that's the part people miss. We think that we open the door, we've got to go through it, and the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says if we open the door, he comes into us and changes everything, our perceptions. Don't have to negotiate. And everything you're looking for is behind the door. But there's a problem. It's a little risky, we think. It's our natural tendency because we think that what we're holding on to, what if, what, if it, what if it isn't what you say, Pastor? It's a great statement. You'll never know. Is that really worth the risk? When I have this hope, I have this hope. And his hope never disappoints. But I've got friends who've actually gone out to Yosemite and jumped off the cliffs and kited or parachuted and landed below, and they would risk their lives, but they won't risk love. They literally talked to me and said, you know, Pastor, I know, that's just not for me. I know businessmen who wouldn't even, even bat at a $2 billion or $3 billion deal, but, they, but they'll let their marriages tank. They'll let their families crumble because they just won't risk love. 
perceptions. I'll just go to church occasionally. I'll see if it'll work. I'll try to climb. Or I'm too far gone. But see, I don't get this, God. I just don't understand it. I want you to listen to the words of C.S. Lewis. He says, to love it all is a very vulnerable thing. To love anything, your heart will certainly be wrung out and possibly broken. So if you want to make sure, if you want to make sure of keeping your heart intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. You wrap it carefully with your hobbies, your little luxuries. You avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or the coffin of your selfishness. But I must tell you, in the casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, your heart will change. It won't be broken. It'll become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. And we watch it. I watch it even in the church, year in and year out. We have this thing called Easter and people come the most attended weekend of the year. I don't know. It's the right thing to do, right? But we leave and it was really never Easter for us. We still will come Monday, start climbing again. Live our lives in guilt. We're just never good enough letting our self-esteem crumble under the own weight that God could pick up and take away. Or I just don't get this church thing. I don't understand God because you only get a glimpse and it just doesn't seem real. When everything you want is right behind the door. Some of you feel like he's a thousand steps away. Can I tell you what the Bible says? He's already taken 999 of them. You're never so far away. You may feel it, but he's right there. He's just saying, just take the one step. Open the door. I know you better than you know yourself. Everything you want is behind the door. If you just listen, he's knocking and he's saying, Open the door. Open the door. Let me come in. Let me show you it's not church the way you understand it. Let me show you it's not religion, it's not rules. It will change everything. Father, you're such a good God. The right perception that you just want to come into our lives and 
transform in a way that we never even dreamed. The Bible says that you even go beyond those, beyond our imagination, beyond anything we could ever hope or think. There's no ladder to climb. There's no sin so great that the cross isn't bigger. There's no barrier between the fullness of who you are wants to come in and everything we truly dream of, everything we truly want, it's right behind the door. I've been telling our people that I'm approaching it like it's the first Easter ever. Because I'm, I'm a little worn out with year in, year out we come with not playing and trying to diminish some of the things we've wrapped around Easter, but I'm tired of Christian chasing rabbits who keep going into their hole of disappointment. What Jesus can do, what God did in His love for this world, He's not out of touch. He's not over the fence. No sin so great. Just standing at the door of your heart saying, let me in. And so I want to ask. You see, I'm tired of secrets. I'm tired of Christians always being undercover. Somehow we're embarrassed by this incredible love, and yet we'll cheer on our favorite team in public. In a stadium, we'll reach over and smack a guy in a butt we don't even know. It's crazy. I've never met anybody who'd win the lottery and say, I don't want anybody to know. But when it comes to the love of the Christ, we somehow put up this wall. I'm tired of it. Because I'm not up here because I want to win your friendship. I already want his. I'm not here to get your approval. I already got his. And someday I'm going to pass from this earth and maybe I would pass away alone that the world might say, man, let's just forget him. I'm never forgotten from him. This is a temporary moment in life. And one day, because of hope, I'm going to transform into the presence of God. No sin, no sorrow. And that's why I shout for joy. Because this place is going to pass away. This changed everything for me. Do I get it right? No, but he did. Do I stumble? Yeah, but he don't. And he never leaves me. He never fails me. Everything I'm looking for was behind that door. Who in this room would say, I needed this? Maybe for the first time. But you in this room would say, listen, I've been here before, but man, I'm, I'm rededicating this moment. This is Easter to me. And I, wanna, I want what's behind the door because whatever I'm holding on is always the lesser deal. Everything you want is behind the door. If that's you, I don't want you to worry about anything else. Just stand up. I'm just asking you to stand up right now. Don't look around. Who in here is God speaking to? And it's time to say, listen, I, I'll take the deal. I'll ta I want what's behind the door, God. And you just want to let go. This is Easter. This is what it's about. It isn't about coming to church. It's about not going through the motion. It's about being in the presence of God saying, I'm taking the deal. I want to pray for you. 
And even as I'm praying, if you want to stand, stand. But I'm asking everybody just to bow their heads. And for you that stood, I just want you to say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm taking the deal. I don't get it all, but I'm trusting you because of your love for me. You laid your life down. I'm laying mine down. I'm taking the deal. Thank you that you'll never fail me. You'll never leave me. You always love me. And the best is now coming. God, thank you. I'm taking the deal. Father, I believe that's the greatest prayer anyone could ever pray. God, I believe it's what it's all about. What more better thing in life is there? Nothing in this world could satisfy. That's why you left your throne of glory, came to our world to give us what could. Jesus Christ. God, thank you. What an awesome, what an awesome, what an awesome gift. And all God's people said,